This is Cultural Debris with host Alan Cornett. Welcome back to Cultural Debris. Summer is on the horizon and it is shaping up to be a busy one around here. My youngest daughter is heading to Normandy, France on an exchange and then will bring back her French counterpart to stay with us for three weeks. I'm speaking at the Chesterton Conference at the end of July, and I'm doing another play at the Cathedral in August. Then, my oldest daughter is getting married at the end of summer. After that typhoon of busyness, I'll have just enough time to catch my breath and pack my bags for return to Italy in October. Did I mention that there are spots available for our cultural debris excursion to Florence and Siena and also our week in Genoa in October? Several spots are filled up, so jump on board because the groups are small by design. Only six guests each week. Please reach out at culturaldebrispodcast at gmail.com. You should definitely go. There will be beautiful sights, tremendous food, and scintillating conversation. Also, please consider becoming a patron of Cultural Debris at patreon.com slash culturaldebris. You can support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. It is much appreciated. Our poem is God's Grandeur by Gerard Manley Hopkins. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook foil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. Why do men then now not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod. And all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel, being shod. And for all this, Nature is never spent. There lives the dearest freshness deep down things, and though the last lights off the black west went, oh, morning, the brown brink eastward springs. Because the Holy Ghost over the bent world broods with warm breast and with ah, bright wings. My guest is Ferenc Herher, who comes to us from Budapest, where he is a professor of political science and philosophy. He is the author, most recently, of Art and Politics in Roger Scruton's Conservative Philosophy from Palgrave Macmillan. He is a leading scholar on the writings and thought of Roger Scruton and traditional conservatism. Ferenc and I discuss Roger Scruton's ties to Central Europe and how it helped shape him his growing reputation on the continent, and the core ideas of Scruton's thought. Plus, we talk about the curious rise of Scruton cafes. Please join me as I speak with Ferenc Herher. Ferenc Herher. Welcome to Cultural Debris. Welcome, everyone. 
Thanks for being with me. You're coming to us all the way from uh, from Budapest, and I appreciate you being on. Our connection has been a little bit uh, questionable, so we'll try to get through that uh, in our conversation. Thanks, Alan, for the invitation and having me. So you are uh, the author of a new book um, on Roger Scruton called Art and Politics in Roger Scruton's Conservative Philosophy. So what led you, um, as, uh, as someone in Central Europe, um, to have an interest in Roger Scruton? Well, most importantly, uh, I had the occasion to meet him. And he was the kind of person whom, you, when you met, uh, you were uh, getting interested in him. Why? Because although he was a reserved person, someone who was somewhat shy, some, somewhat keeping that uh, three distance, three steps distance, that is characteristic of uh, an English gentleman. Let's put it this way. Yet uh, when he started talking, you felt that he has got that sort of authority, uh, which is uh, uh, gained if you have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience and uh, some wisdom as well. And so uh, we kept uh, meeting uh, on uh, academic events and uh, we were in contact as well. I invited him to our institute. He came and, and gave a talk there and so on and so on. And when he died uh, in 2020, he uh, in a way uh, uh, left uh, a lacuna after himself. And I had the feeling that I could... Uh, in a way, not well, not fill that lacuna, but in a way, try to bridge, uh, try to build a bridge uh, on that. And uh, my effort with this book was uh, a kind of a, uh, um, um, an oath to myself that I should somehow uh, make my own contribution to, to, to preserve that uh, specific uh, figure uh, that is uh, Roger Scruton, the philosopher uh, of art and politics. Well, I imagine uh, that you probably were familiar with his writings, with his sort of a, his academic approach prior to meeting him. What, what was it that, what was it about Scruton's ideas that drew you to him? And uh, obviously uh, would have been a a figure personally who would have had a lot of charisma, but what about uh, what about Scruton as a as a uh, writer of ideas, a philosopher of ideas that drew you to him? Well, you see, having been brought up uh, in uh, communist uh, Hungary, I could have met him actually in the eighties uh, when he uh, worked as a, a kind of underground liaison between um, English intellectuals in English academic life and uh, those Hungarians who were not really uh, communists, who did not uh, identify themselves with the, the system that was presiding over there. I missed that opportunity, but I met him early in the 90s uh, and I, w I did not know much about him actually by, by that time. So uh, again, it was, it was more a personal uh, encounter. But later on, I realized that we had something in common in our interests and in our education, uh, which is a, a strange combination of disciplines within philosophy. Um, the discipline uh, of the philosophy of art, 
of statics that is called uh, in uh, technical language and the, the political philosophy that he was doing. Uh, so a combination of uh, reflections on art and the reflections on politics, that's a rare combination among po uh, philosophers and he and me had the same. So in a way we had common interests uh, and in fact we gave together talks uh, in uh, Warsaw uh, at one of these uh, meetings of European conservatives and uh, I recall it uh, with uh, nice memories, although I was somewhat critical about him, as uh, I will explain later. Scruton spent some time coming to Central Europe in the 80s. Were you aware uh, of, of him during that period uh, when, he was, when he was sort of running his underground university? No, unfortunately not, and uh, I wish I had, but uh, I had the good opportunity to meet him in the early 90s after the transition, uh, as you, uh, all of you might uh, remember, uh, it was in 1990 that uh, the Iron Curtain fell, and so after that uh, academic exchange went much uh, easier between the two countries and I was a junior fellow at Collegium Budapest, an international academic institution which invited him with other great names, most of them left liberals but uh, he was the exceptional guy from the right that was invited and I was happy to meet him and uh, I realized that uh, he is an important voice and that's when I uh, started to read him uh, along the lines of our similar interests of uh, political philosophy and um, uh, uh, philosophy of arts. And in political philosophy, uh, the, the specialist interest for me in his work was uh, his uh, uh, research into the sources and foundations of conservatism. Because, uh, of course, uh, in communist Hungary that was almost uh, unimaginable to publish or read, even to read uh, on conservatism systematically. And although I had the, the opportunity uh, uh, in 87 and 88 to uh, study in Oxford with a, a research, uh, visiting research uh, fellowship, uh, which was made possible for me by the Soros Foundation, uh, it was uh, the, the earliest uh, moment for me to, to reflect on conservatism and therefore in the early 90s I was still uh, uh, getting acquainted with, with that uh, and uh, in that uh, Roger's work were, were crucial for me, which were partly published by that time in Hungarian as well, which is a sign that uh, in that uh, period already, first of all, there was an interest in, in Central Europe in his work and, uh, and it was possible to publish it as well. So that's, that's uh, the beginning of, of my interest in his work. Do you write about in, in the book about not only uh, Roger Scruton's impact in Central Europe, but also to some degree Central Europe's impact on him? Um, first, what, what kind of role if you could talk about maybe the kind of role that he did play, because I think probably a lot of people 
aren't even familiar that familiar with with what he was doing because he was smuggling in books and and coming in and teaching during a very uh, what would have been a dangerous period for him to do that. Um, and what what kind of impact did he did he have uh, at the time? And then, as you mentioned in your book, what kind of impact did Central Europe have on him and his thought? Yes, uh, I, I think m uh, some of uh, the m uh, members of your audience uh, might remember the starting point of um, the story, which is uh, 1956, the Hungarian Revolution. A lot of uh, Western intellectuals uh, came to be interested in, in Hungary as a result of that. And uh, that uh, was uh, followed by um, the events of 68, 1968 when uh, Roger Scruton was actually in Paris, but in Paris 68 uh, 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 there was a kind of uh, uh, a radical left-wing um, revolution, a student revolution, and that made him actually conservative. Before that he was just one of the Cambridge uh, undergrads who had a uh, largely left liberal um, worldview and through uh, 68 he became interested in, uh, in anti-communism. And 68 of course was also the spring uh, of Prague uh, which was uh, an anti-communist or well uh, at least anti-Soviet uh, 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 movement and partly as an aftermath or, or a, a follow-up of that uh, revolution which was of course uh, broken by, by the Russians and, and, uh, and actually by the Russian tanks together with, uh, with the Hungarian and other um, Warsaw Pact uh, countries' uh, armies. Um, uh, as a follow-up or a, an intellectual reflection of that was that um, movement of uh, intellectuals uh, coming from Oxford, Cambridge and other major uh, centers of uh, learning in, in Europe to try to help uh, the underground movement in, in the uh, communist countries. But uh, interestingly, uh, uh, it was only perhaps Scruton or just a few of them who actually uh, gained from that experience something about the basics of politics uh, in a totalitarian context. Because all, most of the others, like uh, uh, Derrida, the famous French uh, uh, philosopher, or Habermas and, and others who participated in that movement, uh, kept their own uh, earlier position, did not seem to learn uh, from this experience, but Scruton himself got uh, under the influence of, uh, of uh, this um, uh, region and under the uh, uh, influence of those who were suffering under communism and he uh, got acquainted with uh, Central European culture, the, the post-Habsburg um, uh, uh, legacy of this uh, uh, area and he learned Czech which was uh, quite an achievement I would say and, and he became uh, an honorary uh, European thinker, which is a great thing to do. Yeah, it's really impressive, and I, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I think um, that the generation of which I guess really Scruton is one of the the last prominent members um, was much more influenced by anti-communism than I think we see among a lot of of current. Uh, thinkers on the right, just because 
they experienced the Soviet Union, and, and Scruton would have experienced it very directly, uh, but they experienced the, the Soviet Union in a way that we've kind of lost a memory of. I mean, it's been 30 years, over 30 years, um, since, uh, since we've seen it. And I think that, um, that in some ways the modern right has lost, uh, lost touch with that kind of, of anti-communist sentiment that maybe it still endures uh, in a place like Hungary because, uh, because you were so directly affected by it. Indeed, I was born in '64, so I also had the uh, the, the direct uh, impact on my life of that uh, regime, and I had to confess that uh, for a long time I had no hope at all that in my lifetime that could change. So uh, until now, one of my greatest moments in my life was when uh, it actually turned out that uh, uh, the Iron Curtain uh, can fall down. And yes, you are right, Alan, that indeed uh, people tend to forget about the, the, the importance of that experience. And not only on the right, but also on the left. When uh, Hungary was finally allowed with some other countries of uh, the V4 countries and, and Central Europe uh, to, the Europe, to join the European Union, there was a kind of a cover over over the past. Unlike uh, uh, the issue of uh, uh, Nazism and fa fascism after the Second World War, which uh, uh, the memory of which was kept alive with very good reasons and with, uh, with quite a good uh, uh, effectiveness, the 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 tradition or the memory of um, uh, communism and uh, the lessons that one can learn living uh, through that uh, and, uh, totalitarian regime for decades was lost and it, in fact it's only after the Russian uh, attack of uh, the Ukraine that uh, people realized the real uh, uh, tradition or, or surviving uh, uh, instincts of power in Russia which uh, actually are quite closely uh, uh, recalling uh, my own memories of those years. So in a way, there is, I think, a need by now in the West as a whole to reconsider uh, the tradition of communism and put uh, on the same uh, ground uh, as uh, they could, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, reflect on the on the lessons of nazism and fascism uh, the same lessons uh, should be learned and uh, and i think in that respect scruton's conservatism is crucial yeah i th i think so i mean it's you know i come from obviously uh, uh, the american uh, conservative tradition heavily influenced by russell kirk uh, who i think has a lot of similarities with Scruton in many ways, but at the same uh, at the same time, Scruton, um, due to his own personal experience, I think is much more connected with the continent itself, especially Central Europe, um, because he was there, because he experienced it, and uh, and sought to uh, engage it in a in a in a much more substantive way, whereas somebody like Kirk is much more. Anglo-American oriented, uh, one of the things that came through to me in your book is how, uh, is how much 
uh, Scruton interacts with uh, Continental Riders uh, and the continent itself. Indeed, and, and here we are also talking about um, uh, English uh, culture and within it uh, English language philosophy because uh, by the second half of the 20th century there developed uh, a, a specific language of uh, philosophy within um, the Anglosphere which is called analytical philosophy and that philosophy tried to uh, um, reframe uh, philosophy as such uh, and disconnecting it from uh, historical experiences, disconnecting it uh, from uh, its own uh, historical tradition and uh, trying to uh, reinvent philosophy uh, along the lines of a logical empirical approach. Now, Scruton was uh, educated in that analytical philosophical tradition in Cambridge. However, as a result of his uh, interests uh, in politics after 68, which I mentioned earlier, he became interested in uh, continental philosophy and particularly in German philosophy. Because interestingly, the German philosophy had a very uh, uh, different uh, understanding of the role of uh, philosophy and in particular he became interested in phenomenology. This is a school of thought which uh, tried to bring back philosophy to uh, the existential stakes uh, in human life, i.e. to recall that uh, uh, original uh, uh, framework for our life that is uh, 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 made uh, unavoidable by our first-person perspective on the world, i.e. that we experience the world, all its events, uh, from a, a special uh, point of view, which is our own. Your experience, Alan, and my experience here in, uh, in Budapest are totally different because we uh, did not have the chance to see events from the same perspective and therefore we have to learn on understanding each other. Of course, we have got common sources of knowledge and that's also important that uh, our experience is informed by um, the tradition that we, are, uh, we belong to and uh, both of us belong to the Western tradition, both of us um, uh, were educated in the, uh, in the English language tradition, English cultural tradition. I myself took uh, at the university a major in English you from your school years studied the same uh, and therefore there are uh, common uh, uh, topics, common um, uh, terminology, a lot of things in common but the existential personal element of our lives are very different and Scruton's philosophy uh, wants to bring that into focus because he claims that these differences in our uh, cultural background will determine our political preferences and polit political choices. And this is the connection between culture and politics that uh, he calls our attention to. Yeah, I, th I think that that's, that's a very important uh, element of, of the kind of scrutin, and I would say Kirkian, but that, that kind of particular understanding of conservatism as opposed to 
what we might consider sort of the democratic capitalism mindset that's dictated a lot of, I wouldn't say conservative thought, but rightist thought maybe in the United States. That's caused a lot of um, kind of ill-advised uh, military adventurism and that sort of thing. But that, that sort of exporting democracy idea. But, mm -hmm. um, but each, each particular area... Uh, even if we're recognizing sort of basic human rights, at the same time, as you said, the, the historical context is different, local perspective, local preferences are different, and uh, a true conservatism in, this, in the Scrutonian sense, um, and I think uh, in the proper sense, would recognize those individual localist uh, perspectives. I think ultimately localism a subsidiarity is going to is is going to be a, a crucial element um, to any any kind of authentic conservative thought indeed i agree with that uh, but that's because uh, we have got um, similarities of <laughs> right. uh, our our worldviews but i think it's important um, uh, because it's not simply our subjective um, um, uh, um, shared uh, uh, vision it's i think uh, in fact uh, uh, a shared condition of human nature as such that you cannot get rid of uh, the experiential horizon that uh, you have got in your life it's it's impossible to speak out of the context that you are born into uh, as far as politics and practical matters are concerned uh, a, a thing which uh, was already uh, formulated by aristotle in the ancient athenian context he called uh, our attention to the fact that human knowledge has two levels one is the uh, uh, the uh, you know the universal level the level of uh, claims that are uh, unchangeable and uh, permanent like uh, the claims of science and uh, the claims of uh, uh, sophia of wisdom but there is an and that's that's for you know the 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 the, the super uh, clever scientists and and all all, all the, uh, the great men of uh, of uh, the intellectual life but all of us uh, share another level of knowledge and that's uh, practical knowledge the the knowledge that uh, uh, we uh, need in order to find our ways in our ordinary life and politics is actually on that sphere it's not uh, universal it's not never changing on the contrary it's uh, just a stormy thing uh, that you try to follow and try to uh, uh, find your way in that storm and uh, and that therefore you need a practical knowledge now practical knowledge is based on two things on your own personal experiences on on what you uh, found in your life useful and and working uh, in that uh, particular uh, life that you lived and also our cult cultural baggage uh, the experience of our forefathers uh, which help us to widen up our horizon but in order to uh, make that useful, we have to apply that knowledge, the knowledge of the past, to our present circumstances. Now, these two sources uh, make up our uh, practical knowledge, 
but uh, that will uh, uh, result in differences of our uh, perspective, in uh, differences of our practical knowledge, and therefore uh, there is no uh, possibility for universal uh, political programs, universal um, political ideologies. Uh, conservatism is the ideology of uh, being moderate and uh, constrained in the political uh, uh, principles, political uh, uh, demands, uh, because you have to be uh, careful about the historical context, which does not mean that this uh, uh, perspective would be relativistic. On the contrary, the interesting thing about conservatism, as uh, people like Scruton understand it, that there is this historical particularist dimension to it, but there are also universal values that inform our uh, uh, inquiries of practical knowledge, and these are also connected to our human nature. Uh, and one of that is that uh, humans are uh, somehow uh, always uh, trying to uh, overcome the particular conditions and to look over their particular life uh, and therefore they search for the imminent of of the of the uh, sublime for the uh, superhuman for the divine uh, after all and this is the way uh, that uh, uh, we can understand uh, the uh, the everyday experience of religion in most of the cultures, with, with the single exception of uh, Western secularism in the last 200 or so years. Uh, religion is a, a moment uh, of uh, realizing the universal, the never-changing element in our ever-changing and particular life. That's, that's the uh, inner uh, uh, conflict of our life that we try to uh, accommodate. And there is a further dimension, the dimension of the aesthetic, i.e. the, the realization that uh, in all our imperfections we are able to create things which are, well, which uh, reach uh, the, the the level of perfection, and these are called works of art, artistic um, uh, performances, uh, like uh, that of Homeros or Homer, and or that of uh, Shakespeare, that of Dante, uh, that of uh, 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 Goethe. People who uh, achieved something which is beyond human uh, uh, practical knowledge, and through uh, their performance of perfection, which we call beauty, again we can connect to that universal and never-changing dimension, which is otherwise cut away from our own form of life. So the, these are the, the major uh, parameters or, 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 or principles uh, of, of uh, human life as understood by, by the conservatism that uh, Roger uh, Scruton uh, uh, is an example of. There's a lot to unpack there that I want to touch on. Um, let, let's let's talk a little bit about the particular of uh, locality. And, and you have uh, a section where you talk about 
Scruton's idea of oikophilia, oikophilia, uh, which is a foundation of conservative thought that is bound in particularity, local particularity. How would you? How uh, should we best understand this idea of oikophilia? You know, Alan, uh, my earlier project, the, the book that I wrote before this one, had the title uh, The Political Philosophy of the European City. And that book uh, uh, was written because I think that modern political philosophy missed the right scale of politics. Now, as I mentioned, uh, uh, politics is a, a primary uh, experience for human beings. None of us can avoid it. It's, it's very important in our life. And it, it makes uh, uh, us aware of the fact that we depend on others that we cannot live our life as we would like. There are always uh, constraints on our wishes, our desires and our wills. And therefore, uh, we have to find our ways in our immediate environment, in our uh, primary communities. Aristotle talks about the family or the village uh, that, uh, that uh, is important, but there is a further level where uh, the institutional framework is already established and that's in the ancient concept, the polis, the city-state. And that uh, model, the model of the city-state, will determine political life in um, Europe uh, ever since. And that's what I focused on in this book, try to uh, uh, make it uh, clear how this face-to-face -face society, the society where we interact with each other directly uh, in our uh, physical presence of each other, is uh, the, the most important factor of uh, uh, politics. And uh, the Western uh, uh, thinkers of uh, fame that we learn about in school like John Locke, Thomas Hobbes and uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. These people uh, focused more on the level of, of the state and forgo forgot most of the lessons of these uh, smaller communities like the city. And uh, Roger Scruton's um, great achievement is to call our attention to that dimension. Uh, human beings need to find their place uh, uh, on the on the earth because otherwise they are excommunicated. They are lonely and solitary beings, and uh, and that's not for humans. We need the others because they are our mirrors. Uh, in in those mirrors we see each other. Without the others, we cannot make sense of ourselves. So uh, uh, Scruton brings us back. To our basic uh, uh, connections, which is a connection to the family, to the village, and to the city. And the love of that environment uh, is crucial for him. And he calls attention to the fact that modern, uh, be, uh, modern uh, 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 cosmopolitan uh, 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 people try to forget about that. And, and that's uh, something uh, which means for them a loss of certainty, a loss of roots, a loss of uh, that sort of help which the others can guarantee us. And that's why he uh, proposes that we avoid oikophobia, which is a fear of uh, the place that we belong to. 
they, he claims that um, uh, this cosmopolitan type of uh, personality escapes the home. And he uh, wants to uh, uh, encourage us to try to establish ourselves in a very uh, uh, well-defined particular uh, uh, environment and establish our home. That's uh, why uh, this is the, the, the notion of homecoming that is uh, crucial for him. And that means uh, that we uh, have to admit that we need the uh, others, the love of others, like um, the love of the family and the love of the village that we belong to. And that uh, love of the place is oikophilia that, that you mentioned, Alan. Well, and, and as you were talking about, with uh, with the preference, uh, the local, the idea of local preference, all of that plays in together with this, with this oikophilia. It seems to me that's a, it's an understanding that uh, that these particular people and particular places are going to have particular preferences that are um, that are suited to them and their place uh, that are going to be different than what is suited. To like what is suited to you in your place is is mm-hmm. going to be somewhat different than mm-hmm. what is suited to to me in my place. At the same time, you're operating in an overall cultural environment, sort of the idea of Western culture, for example. We can kind of pro, uh, we can we can paint broadly. We can find common elements there, and I want to talk about that idea of of his idea of culture uh, as well. But I, I feel like that this notion. Uh, again, we're talking about sort of things that we've lost touch with, maybe in in a lot of our thought is this idea of oikophilia, the the particular, because we want to we want to make things uh, sweeping and abstract. And I feel like uh, Scruton recognized, um, and other you know American writers who I uh, have affinity for, like Russell Kirk and Wendell Berry, for example, are very very much emphasize this same idea, this the idea of the mm-hmm. locality. And the particular, and that we really can't function uh, effectively above that level, and that sort of mm-hmm. goes along with your idea too of uh, mm-hmm. of the polis. Yes, uh, but again, uh, we should uh, be uh, uh, you know uh, clear that uh, that there are two dimensions of the human being. One. Uh, at least uh, according to that scheme that uh, that uh, Scruton follows, which is uh, present both in the medieval Christian tradition, like in the writings of uh, Aquinas, but also in the modern German idealist tradition, like th- that of the writings of uh, Immanuel Kant, that there are these two levels. One is uh, reason, ratio or uh, rationality, uh, which is which is the dimension that we try to uh, achieve, uh, where uh, we can uh, abstract from uh, the particular and try to make general claims. And it's important that all the Enlightenment uh, was based on that idea. All the scholasticism of the medieval period was based on that idea. And in fact, all the science that achieves uh, uh, the modern uh, uh, achievements uh, in our technology, in our uh, uh, everyday uh, culture, is based on that. 
But uh, the argument is not that that is not important. Uh, the argument is that uh, that would not be able to define our everyday life. That there are two dimensions to our life. One is the uh, these moments, spare moments, when we achieve uh, something like universal knowledge. Uh, and then there are there is this majority of of our life when we are you know uh, uh, following habits and customs because we uh, we need to do it effectively uh, and on the long run and th therefore this uh, uh, second aspect of our life uh, when it's not uh, uh, rationality uh, along the lines of uh, the philosopher that will direct us but the ordinary common sense that uh, is uh, uh, our, uh, uh, the part of our uh, human nature that will uh, lead us and uh, for that we need certain virtues that uh, we acquire during our life uh, the, the experiences uh, will lead us to uh, those excellences which will help us uh, and in particular we uh, have to uh, uh, point out that particular virtue which is called prudence uh, practical knowledge. Um, now this uh, uh, virtue is not uh, like a, a, a propositional uh, uh, knowledge, it's not uh, translatable into paradigms or logarithm or any algorithm or any such abstractions. It, what it uh, helps us uh, is uh, to form habits and customs which will direct us uh, properly and will help us to avoid what is bad and to find what is good. That's, that's the, 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 the role and function of uh, practical knowledge. And practical knowledge is, is achieved by the formation of our character. And the formation of our character depends on our parents, on our schools and on our immediate environment and therefore we are not you know out of blue, the blue uh, beings like like th that is uh, explained in in um, the mainstream liberal thought uh, but we are uh, dependent uh, uh, rational animals as uh, Alistair McIntyre describes uh, our being we depend on each other we have to work together we have to cooperate and we have to understand each other and therefore we have to moderate our, ourselves and that's another virtue uh, practical wisdom is connected to moderation to to self-restraint Train, not to give way to passions because they can be um, uh, dangerous and violent, uh, uh, dangerous for others. And, and the further one is the, the virtue of justice, that in our dealings with others we have to be um, fair. And that means that we have to keep in balance our self-interest and the interests of the others or the common good. Because if either of them um, become too uh, uh, over over uh, uh, weight, that means that uh, we will lose the balance that we have to find in our life, uh, the balance between our uh, selfish uh, interests and the balance of the common good, which uh, will help us to keep us alive on the long run. You're listening. The Cultural Debris Podcast.
I want to shift just a little bit, but this ties in, I think, um, to this idea of, of prudence, of moderation, and of justice. You had, uh, in, a, in a, a recent tweet at the time of this recording, uh, you had a quote from T.S. Eliot. And uh, the, the quote uh, was, well, I, I take it back, it was Scruton on Eliot. He says, he, Eliot, realized that the true task of the artist in the modern world is not one of repudiation, but of reconciliation. That's something, of course, you endorsed that idea. I also endorse that idea. But in the modern world, that's pretty hard, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's so much in the modern world that feels like it needs to be repudiated. So how do we make the judgment and how do we, uh, in a Scrutonian way, how do we make the judgment, uh, the prudential judgments maybe, about how we seek to reconcile um, in the modern world versus repudiate uh, the modern world? Yes, uh, thanks for, for calling this um, uh, quote because uh, I think uh, here we can, uh, we can uh, find the essence of, of this uh, this. Uh, point of view that uh, that um, Roger Scruton tries to uh, share with us. Uh, the issue is this, uh, whenever human beings are together, they will sooner or later disagree on certain things. That's because, as we mentioned, they have got different perspectives. Uh, my perspective uh, cannot be fully, uh, um, you know, uh, in parallel with yours because we have got different uh, backgrounds. Uh, we we cannot live the same life, and uh, we draw uh, conclusions or, or lessons uh, from those uh, uh, experiences, and therefore we have got different views. We will conflict, and then the issue is what uh, will come out of it. Uh, uh, if uh, uh, we uh, let it go, if we let our differences go, that would mean that uh, uh, conflict, violence and, uh, and uh, uh, even uh, disintegration uh, can be introduced in human life. And therefore it is crucial to, to try to uh, find certain limits to those uh, disagreements or to try to ways how to balance them. And um, the proposal that uh, Scruton makes is this. Let's agree on certain ways of disagreeing with each other. So he does not say that there is a chance for consensus. It's not uh, an ideal world that he wants to uh, uh, share with us. It's not a utopia that he is describing. Because he thinks uh, that these utopias, if one takes them seriously, would um, be just uh, false uh, uh, or untrue, uh, impossible to, to realize. So that's uh, out of the question. We cannot uh, have consensus, we cannot have general ac uh, uh, agreement in things. It is important actually to disagree because all the developments uh, of uh, the human uh, uh, civilization comes actually from disagreement, from competition, uh, from rivalry. But the way to do that is to disagree, to disagree along the lines that will make sure that uh, those disagreements will not lead to conflict and violence i.e. we need institutions 
that determined uh, uh, the framework uh, for our disagreements. Uh, we need uh, these institutions, uh, i.e. rules uh, and uh, the, the uh, rule of law, uh, and that uh, uh, is our uh, Western uh, constitutional democracy that we arrived at. But he also tells us that we also we need even some, something even further, which is uh, uh, civility. The concept of civility is uh, crucial in this uh, tradition of conservatism because it helps uh, to uh, get along with each other uh, beyond the rules. Uh, human beings are able to work together, to live together, to cohabitate their uh, environment uh, uh, along very severe lines of uh, self-restraint. And that is provided by civility. This is the idea that uh, my self-esteem requires from me not to do certain things, like uh, using violent language, this sort of things, uh, but also uh, to accept uh, other, others, uh, other ways of thinking. So civility is uh, a must. And I think that the proposal behind uh, 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 Roger Scruton and in his reading of Eliot of uh, uh, turning away from a culture of repudiation i.e. a culture of uh, trying to enforce our own preferences on uh, the community uh, towards a, a, a culture of reconciliation is, uh, is this proposal that we uh, should live along the lines of our rules and customs of our community but also along the lines of civility of that sort of self-restraint which comes from our self-esteem, that we are proud uh, of our own culture and we are ready to uh, uh, let that culture uh, uh, um, border or, or uh, con constrain our particular wishes, desires and wills. Scruton... Uh of course, I guess in some ways died, um, well, certainly died too soon, died a little bit unexpectedly, at least I think from a popular level. I'm sure people, those close to him knew, knew the, the level of his illness, but, uh, but he has left, uh, I think an increasingly strong legacy, uh, in the intellectual right in not simply Great Britain, but but maybe even more importantly in uh, in the continent, as as we have touched on some, uh, there's a new article which you brought to my attention uh, in on the website Unheard by John Lloyd, called "Can Roger Scruton Save the European Right?" and I'll have a link to that in our show notes. But uh, in it, he discusses uh, those uh, political leaders on the right in, in different European countries who are looking to Scruton for guidance. What, um, who, who are those uh, individuals and what, uh, what prospects do you see for Scruton's influence uh, in Europe going forward and, and maybe even also in Great Britain and perhaps in America? Well, uh, the, the article talks about uh, Europe, but you are right that uh, it's, it's a, a Western proposal, actually. Now, the, the, the particularities. 
according to the article, there are new governments in Europe, uh, in, and especially in Italy and in Sweden, where these governments are, are led or uh, uh, some members of which government uh, are very much under the influence of uh, Roger Scruton. Giorgia Meloni, the Prime Minister of uh, Italy, is one of that uh, example because she keeps emphasizing both in uh, her uh, introductory uh, speeches when uh, she was elected uh, to be the Prime Minister of the country and also in her um, uh, autobiography, she keeps emphasizing the, the, the level to which uh, uh, Scruton's thought um, determined her own one and uh, how far she uh, wants uh, to, to uh, be true to those ideas that, uh, that uh, Scruton um, uh, made her. And also the, 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 the Sweden Democrats, uh, and another uh, example in, in Europe where a, uh, a party got into power and uh, its um, uh, leaders are ready to admit uh, that uh, uh, they are uh, along uh, the lines or in the in the camp of of Scrutonian uh, conservatism, and the proposal of uh, Lloyd and and of this article is that uh, both Meloni and Matthias Carlson, this leading intellectual of the Sweden Democrats, are examples. Uh, of a new way of thinking in, in uh, Europe and, and uh, that's the proposal of the article that perhaps this is a sign of a, a general uh, new uh, discourse or new uh, understanding of, uh, of uh, conservative uh, politics. And the interesting thing is that uh, uh, Meloni's party and, and the Sweden Democrats were earlier regarded as uh, radical uh, uh, right-wing parties and even dangerously radical. Uh, connections with, uh, with the fascist uh, past was uh, a crucial accusation of Meloni. And now the proposal is that uh, through scrutin, in fact, a, a, a mainstream uh, uh, British style or Anglo-American style, because you are right that Scruton is in uh, England that uh, uh, Kirk represents uh, in the U US context. So this sort of uh, mainstream Anglo-American conservatism, uh, and I mean this intellectually, because uh, uh, political conservatism in neither of these countries is still uh, within that framework. That sort of intellectual con uh, conservatism might hear in, in uh, this uh, new uh, generation of politicians uh, become politically influential as well and will possibly bring a new wave of uh, conservative uh, thinkers uh, and politicians uh, into play and, and perhaps that will uh, reframe uh, conservatism in, in the Western modern along the lines that uh, Scruton proposes, along these lines which does not uh, want to be confrontational but wants to preserve the values of uh, um, our culture and uh, does not uh, repudiate uh, uh, the, those values. It is a uh, instead of the culture of repudiation, it uh, 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 offers uh, the culture of reconciliation.
You know, in a lot of ways, it seems as though Scruton, uh, Scruton's legacy may uh, may be stronger, at least in the short term, in in Europe and the continent than it is uh, in England and the and the UK. The uh, Scruton, at least it, to to my uh, to my uh, ability to perceive it, doesn't seem to be listened to very much by. Uh, by any politicians in in Great Britain, or at least leading politicians in Great Britain, uh, so it's encouraging to see uh, that connection and that legacy at least on the continent, uh, and perhaps he'll have have some uh, some Im- some lasting impact there. Well, uh, let me let me try to uh, um, uh, uh, add something uh, uh, to it, or even uh, to debate the, your your main uh, proposition, which is that uh, that perhaps in his homeland uh, he is less uh, important politically. That might be true generally speaking, but there are people who are actually under uh, his influence, and one uh, name in particular one can uh, mention, and that is the name of Michael. Gov, uh, who is a very uh, um, um, experienced politician and who uh, publicly uh, uh, expressed his uh, uh, pro-Scrutonian ideas. And in fact, in one of these uh, YouTube uh, 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 channels, uh, uh, recordings, you can see him uh, uh, when he gave a talk uh, to the Scruton Legacy Foundation. And I think that uh, that in fact uh, there is uh, in Britain also a need after Brexit, after the the, the storms of uh, um, the COVID area and and the uh, financial crisis, uh, there is a need to uh, reconfigurate um, the the uh, conservative agenda and uh, try to bring back some of its its real uh, uh, powers. And I think that uh, int- the intellectual power of Scruton's uh, idea is that uh, we, we can be uh, uh, proud of our culture if we are also modest. There is this balance that he makes. Let us not uh, forget about the achievements of our culture even if that culture was not uh, uh, faultless. Uh, Let us uh, remember uh, uh, what uh, led to our days. Uh, Let us uh, remember those uh, giants uh, of uh, science, of of, uh, art and and of uh, culture in general, uh, who are uh, uh, informing our everyday uh, uh, habits and customs. But let us also be modest and try to understand that others might think differently, that uh, there are different cultural traditions. And as long as uh, they um, uh, are uh, in the main, uh, according to the requirements of human nature, uh, let us uh, uh, learn to agree uh, to disagree. Uh, that's that's the proposal, and in that respect, uh, it is very important to see that uh, that uh, the Western culture 
uh, is informed by uh, these uh, three sources of um, uh, uh, ancient uh, Greek philosophy, of uh, Roman law and of um, uh, Christian ideas of morality and, uh, and religion. These are important um, uh, building blocks of our tradition and we should not uh, deny them as uh, was the effort of uh, uh, those who uh, were drawing uh, uh, a supposed European constitution. They wanted to forget about the Christian past, ne not even mention the fact that uh, this uh, uh, Western culture is uh, based on, on Christianity. So uh, the argument is that we uh, should not deny the past. And that's, I think, um, also important uh, uh, from the point of view that we mentioned earlier, from the uh, 20th century uh, inheritance of totalitarian regimes. We should not forget about that. Uh, and uh, we should uh, be able, on the other hand, to accept that there are differences like in the European Union, the problem is that uh, different countries have different traditions and the center uh, tries to uh, homogenize that in order to, because that's the idea that that would make it more effective. But it, it, in fact, it is actually the American experience, your country's experience, that differences can work very well and they should not get homogenized. And I think that uh, that is a lesson that uh, Europe also needs to learn, that we can, we can cooperate very well if we uh, have a kind of a division of labor. Different cultures can contribute differently uh, to the common good. And that's something that uh, needs to be learned by the West in general, because uh, our Western uh, culture was... Uh, a dominating for force for some uh, centuries and now we have to understand that there are other uh, cultures that come up and we have to learn uh, to live with them uh, in a manner which allows uh, each of us to develop our best uh, potentials without uh, internal conflict and without giving up our basic Christian uh, uh, and secular values either. Uh, because uh, the, the specificity of our uh, Christian culture is that we uh, were developing, uh, we have developed by now a secular culture, a culture that uh, divides uh, the state and the church, which is not to deny uh, our Christian uh, tradition, but which l uh, teaches us again uh, how to live together with others who do not share our uh, religious traditions. That is crucial uh, as a lesson in the Western tradition and that can be uh, generalized uh, in, in the recent clashes of civilizations uh, that uh, is uh, along the lines of, that Huntington uh, uh, writes about. Well, your book is Art and Politics and Roger Scruton's Conservative Philosophy. And, of course, you talk uh, in the book, uh, you, you deal uh, in kind of a survey fashion with a lot of his different books, which, of course, is beyond... More than 50 books, <laughs> yes. after uh, Right, right, which is far beyond the scope of what we're able to talk about. But I do want to encourage people to get the book because it, it is... Um, a, a, I think a, a, a very interesting survey of Scruton's very um, wide-ranging thought. He dealt with a lot of different uh, issues and aspects of not simply political thought, 
but art and culture, which we didn't get to explore to the degree that would maybe we should do that again sometime. Um, I do including want... architecture, yes. including music, in, including literature. So things that are really enjoyable and much more enjoyable actually than politics. But <laughs> I, I think our discussion pointed out the connections between them. So maybe it can encourage uh, readers to, to, to uh, dig into that uh, very strong uh, uh, tradition. Yes, absolutely, and I hope so. And, I, and to me, uh, a lot of that is is even the more interesting side of of Scruton's writings. I do want to uh, to leave with. Uh, I wanted to get have you comment on a couple of of interesting things uh, in in your area. One is the existence of Scruton cafes, which I think is is very interesting. And two, you have a Scruton conference coming up this summer. I wanted you uh, see if you could tell us a little bit about that. Indeed, uh, uh, indeed, there is by now a kind of a, uh, a Scruton renaissance. It's very interesting that when he lived, uh, in fact, uh, not really many people or many institutions uh, cared about him. He had to live the academic life, in fact, because of his uh, uh, views uh, on uh, conservatism. And uh, I think that by now people realize, at least on the right, because earlier even on the right he was not really uh, 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 popular. Why? Because uh, during uh, um, the administrations of Margaret Thatcher in, in Britain and that of Reagan in the US, uh, he criticized the, the sort of market liberalism that uh, was domin uh, dominating force behind those governments. And he called attention to the cultural dimension of uh, our life and that politics should give room and in fact uh, support uh, those uh, who are engaged in, th in these activities and encourage people to turn towards culture because that makes us civil. Uh, that was the claim. So uh, by now he becomes uh, popular all around the world. I have got uh, uh, feedbacks on Twitter from from uh, uh, Brasilia and and other uh, Brazil and and other countries of the south, as well as Spain or or Italy uh, in 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 Europe, uh, but also in Hungary. You know, more than ten of of Scruton's books have been translated by now into Hungarian. So there is a kind of a, a, a renaissance, I would say. And part of it is uh, connected to a way of life because uh, Scruton enjoyed life. He was not the sort of ascetic philosopher. He liked hunting and wrote a book on hunting. He liked drinking good uh, wines and other spirits and he wrote on uh, uh, tasting uh, wine and and he enjoyed uh, sexual life he wrote about sexual desire a very huge volume and he uh, was uh, part of uh, friendly communities he liked uh, friendly conversation and and that sort of uh, uh, gaiety that is uh, part of our human life and therefore there is this idea that uh, Scruton's uh, legacy is partly a form of life, which is the form of the cafe houses uh, in, in uh, Central Europe. Uh, in Budapest, as, as uh, described by John Lukács in his uh, famous book Budapest 1900, 
or in Vienna uh, uh, in the dual in the time of the dual monarchy uh, the cafe houses uh, uh, were quite crucial uh, forums uh, for uh, of of uh, meeting uh, for uh, uh, artists uh, writers and uh, th this sort of people like in in Paris so uh, the idea is that let's return to this way of life and the scruton cafes offer opportunity for students for intellectuals uh, for for academic uh, and for uh, you know anyone interested in culture to meet there are um, regular uh, events there uh, and i think that's that's a scheme that in fact might be uh, imitated like we imitated uh, uh, your uh, 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 fast food uh, uh, <laughs> chains perhaps uh, perhaps uh, the scruton cafes uh, 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 slow uh, drink uh, culture might be also uh, imitated around the world and uh, I, I would be happy to see Scruton cafes uh, all over uh, the world uh, actually. Oh, I, th I think that would be a far better thing to imitate than an American fast food restaurant so, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your conference this summer. Yes, the, the, there, actually there will be two events that I would call attention to. One is uh, the Budapest Scruton Seminar, which will be at the end of June, which is a one-week session uh, where uh, both uh, student, postgraduate uh, students or doctoral students, but also people who are just generally interested in Scruton can apply for um, um, uh, um, uh, uh, participation and their experts and uh, earlier friends of Scruton will talk along Scrutonian lines on the issue of uh, politics and lifestyle uh, which I mentioned uh, earlier and the connection of which uh, we talked about. That is going to be in Budapest and uh, and uh, you can find um, information on that uh, uh, at uh, the Scruton Hub's uh, homepage. The other thing is, uh, uh, or just find me and I, I can uh, send you the link. The other uh, thing that I would call attention is actually an event in uh, England where we shall have the second meeting on British conservatism. The first one was uh, taking place actually in Budapest last year, organized by me and uh, two um, British uh, English friends of mine and uh, organized by Danube Institute and my own university, the University of Public Service in Budapest. And this time we are going to the Churchill Archives in, in Cambridge uh, to have uh, two days of exchanges on the intellectual uh, traditions of British conservatism, of which uh, Scruton was an important part. Well, very good. Ferenc Herher, we appreciate you being on, and uh, I will have links to those things in show notes, and uh, I, I hope that uh, Roger Scruton's name and influence continues to grow. Uh, we share that hope, and I'm happy to be here, I, to have been here, and uh, I hope that uh, your audience will find interest uh, and uh, nice moments of enjoyment and intellectual reflection in, in the works of uh, mine and, and uh, through that uh, in the works of Scruton, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on. I hope we can talk again. Thank you indeed. Mm -hmm.